Welcome to the Fresh Start Church Podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. Here you'll find preached messages from our pastors. We pray that the spirit of revival is imparted to you as you listen. To watch live, check us out on YouTube or visit our website at freshstartaz.com. And to stay connected with us, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. There is going to be in these last days a fiery, anointed, passionate, authoritatively bold and courageous, persevering, righteous remnant in the earth. Come on. I want to know if any any of those kind of people are in the room tonight. Come on. This remnant will astonishingly accomplish more in a short span of time than what has been done literally in history. How many know God is accelerating things? Amen. They will have the backing of heaven's hosts to establish the kingdom of God and God's kingdom purposes before Jesus returns. However, Getting there and getting that remnant is the issue. Come on. Great discernment is needed and great intimacy with the Lord will be needed to be a part of the remnant. Everybody shout, make the cut. Because there will be a religious church in the earth as well that has a form that looks the part of the remnant but it will be missing the sacrificial substance that is required to be the remnant that Jesus intends. The Bible says it like this, and I'll read this scripture a couple of times tonight, that many are called, but few are chosen. And most of you probably understand what that means, but in case you do not, it does not mean anyone can be a part of the remnant, come on. Anyone can be chosen. You just have to be willing to pay the price. Are you with me? Do I have some remnant ready people in the room? Come on, I believe you are. If you're not, I believe you're gonna be before you leave here tonight. Oh, we need to lift a shout. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, what I feel in this room tonight is remnant ready people. Now, some of the verbiage that I am using is familiar to this house. And if you watch us enough and and you really watch us enough, you have heard me, us say words like this before. I was telling my husband, especially with traveling as more, I'm like, you know, when you preach this much and you exhort this much, you forget what you say, when you say it, to who you say it. Come on, somebody. But the good news is, is that people forget. Come on, amen. But I have done my research, hopefully correct. And the Lord gave me this, this uh, exhortation. I believe it was at the end of last year or the beginning of this year. Remnant, make the cut. And I've developed a message out of it, a sermon. Preached it one time in Virginia. By the way, Virginia, if you're watching, this is going to be even different tonight. Come on, somebody. But I felt the Lord said, develop this. Because part of the responsibility of revival, come on, fresh start, is that we make sure that revivalists are ready, discerning, eyes wide open, hearts wide open, 
to recognize what's the remnant and what's the religious. Come on. Scream it as loud as you can. Make the cut. Make the cut. So this first part may sound familiar to some, but we're going to get into this tonight. Are you ready? Here we go. Matthew chapter 25, verses 3 through 6. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. And as the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and they slept. But at the midnight, there was a cry. Here is the bridegroom. Come out to meet him. First Kings chapter 19, verse 18. Yet I have reserved 7,000 in Israel, all whose knees have not bowed to Baal and every mouth that has not kissed him. Romans chapter 11, verses two through five. Or do you not know what the scripture says of Elijah? Come on, somebody. How he pleads with God against Israel saying, Lord, they have killed your prophets and torn down your altars and I alone am left and they seek my life. But what does the divine response say to him? Mm. Hear this revival remnant. I have reserved for my... Do you hear the Lord saying this in this hour in our nation? I have reserved for myself, America, 7,000 men who have not bowed the knee to Baal. Even so then, at this present time, America, there is a remnant according to the election of grace. Revelation chapter 19, verse 7. Let us rejoice and exalt and give him the glory. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride, his remnant, has made herself ready. Shout for the word of God in here. Remnant ready. Make the cut. Hallelujah. Shout it as you're on your way down to your seat. Make the cut. Thank you, guys. In this pressing hour in our nation, and yes, even the nations of the earth, God is looking and God is searching and God is longing and raising up a remnant of revivalists who will raise the standard. Now here at Fresh Start, we are familiar with the terminology such as revivalists. But for those of you who are visiting or maybe you haven't heard it as much, we'll say, I'll say it like we understand it around here. A revivalist is one who, as we did Tonight, they have been touched by the power and the presence and the glory of God and the fire of God has touched them and now they are carrying the fire of God on the inside of them and the tangible manifested presence of God and they now are fire brands and glory carriers. This is a revivalist that everywhere that they go, they release the presence of God. I'm looking at hundreds of people in this room tonight that carry the fire and the glory of God and you're going to go back to Colorado and you're going to go back to Washington and you're going to go back to El Mirage and you're going to go back here and there and you're going to release the power of the presence of God. You, my friend, are a revivalist because you said, I refuse to settle for status quo and religion. This 
is a revivalist. Shout, make the cut. Come on. So in this pressing hour in the nations of the earth, God is raising up and looking and longing for a remnant of revivalists who will raise the standard in the nations. Come on. And I heard the Lord say when he first gave this to me, tell the people they must make the cut. Make yourselves ready and make the cut. Remnant, get ready. Make the cut. Because the remnant, a remnant is a smaller piece of a larger thing. Come on. Isn't it only God that can take a smaller thing and make it stronger and weightier and more influential than a larger thing? Isn't it just like God that can take a small remnant and change a nation? Isn't it just like God that can take a smaller piece and yet look at the larger piece and be stronger and mightier in the spirit? Are you with me? Because the smaller remnant has not compromised and has not bowed their knees to Baal. It grieves me as I see so many trying to be a part of the larger piece and the larger thing, yet God has always, and he is still looking at the remnant, those who are preparing for the bridegroom and not bowing to Baal, those who are wise in getting oil and postured for the bridegroom, much like Gideon's 300, come on somebody, David's mighty men, even the nation of Israel itself was and still is a remnant. There was 120 in the upper room, but there could have been 500 that day. Come on, somebody. There was one prophet of fire against 400 prophets of Baal. This is how God works. But to obtain this remnant, there must be a tearing. There must be a cutting from the larger piece. And in these last of the last days, there will be a remnant who have paid the price consistently to have enough oil and constantly checking their lamps and their personal readiness as Jesus tarries. And God is going to use this remnant to raise the spiritual standard in the nations. I say, get ready, America. Get ready, United States of America, because from Phoenix, Arizona to New York City to Dallas, Texas to Tampa, Florida all the way to Los Angeles, California and Seattle, Washington there is a remnant in this nation and our voices are getting louder and our prayers are shifting our prayers are shifting this nation come on remnant our prayers are shifting this nation Raising the spiritual standard in nations again, the standard that has been lowered by culture and cultural influences that have crept into the church. And God is announcing for those who have ears to hear, I still have a remnant who have not bowed their knee and have not kissed Baal. Come on, somebody. 
It's not that we haven't talked about it before around here, but let me break it down for you from the Bible times. This ruling spirit of Baal, the name is translated owner, master, ruler, or Lord, and he wants to control nations. Are you with me? Baal operated in, uh, those who worship Baal operated in child sacrifice. There was dominant uh, demonic influence uh, over regions. One of the names of Baal is husband, thus demanding a covenant to him and taking covenant away from God's people and God Almighty. You see, Baal seeks to get God's children to spiritually divorce themselves from God and to enter into a covenant or marry him. He wants to pull away, pull us away from God and bow down to him. I wonder if this covenant breaking spirit could be the spirit behind divorce in our nation today. Help me somebody help me somebody could this covenant breaking spirit be behind church splits come on somebody where believers break covenant with one another Baal was also considered a fertility god I will not get graphic in this but for Baal being a fertility god it had worship that involved sex orgies it was it was absolutely the most perverse that you can imagine temple prostitutes supported the temple worship of Baal and that worship was filled with perversion and homosexuality and immorality and sexual promiscuity could this spirit Baal be behind the perversion the homosexuality the pornography that is in America today God says I have a remnant that's going to raise the standard they have not bowed their knee to Baal or kissed him. Baal goes after children. Oh yes, this spirit does. Child sacrifice was a part of their rituals. They sacrificed to a God called Molech, but they were also sacrificed to Baal. Could this spirit possibly be behind abortion? And and child abuse that runs rampant in the United States of America in our distracted and sleepy and apathetic compromising state in the church over decades we've allowed this ruling spirit not only to take over a culture of a nation but creep into the church and take over our mindsets as we have been so busy weaving the larger part of the cloth of Christianity and now we look at our sons and our daughters in this nation and we are losing a generation they are losing their identity because of the spirit of Baal that's worth saying again a generation is losing its identity because of this spirit I say it's time we call it what it is come on somebody but God says I have 7,000 that have not bowed their knee to Baal or kiss. Come on, that means become intimate. That means uh, that means cohabit with this principality, this spirit. I have a remnant of people across this nation who will not tolerate anything that this spirit or any other principality stands for. They are rising up and raising the standard. Their voices are becoming louder. Their influence is getting greater. I'm telling you, God is breathing his anointing on the remnant 
Nation, make the cut! Hallelujah. There's got to be a righteous remnant. Come on. That raises the standard in this time of compromise and perversion of mind. The twisting and the distorting of the view of God and his word and his holiness. It's time to make the cut and raise the standard. And this is what I saw when God gave me this make the cut remnant thing. I saw God with his holy hands cutting and tearing and cutting and tearing and cutting and tearing and pulling the remnant away from the popular larger piece. Come on, somebody. I'll say it again for the point of emphasis. God, with his holy hands, says it is time. It is time my people have to become serious and sober about the hour that we are living in for decades and decades and decades. It has been about them. But God says, I am cutting and I am tearing and I will find the people that it's not about them, but it is about me and about what I need in this hour you mark it down tonight we the church will be tested in this that I just said now like never before that may not have been good English so let me try to say it another way we're going to be tested like never before if we're willing to be torn away from the larger piece Can you pass the test to be cut away? Come on. We got to believe in one another. Are you with me? We got to believe in one another so much that we speak truth to one another. Help me, y'all. Come on. Releasing the warnings, releasing the corrections, releasing the encouragement, releasing. Come on. Come on. Whatever needs, whatever needs to happen. Help me, Lord. Go off script. Man, I should not go off script tonight. I got too much script. Come on, somebody. (laughs) As we are in these very perilous and tumultuous times, more than ever before, we need together to be strengthened. We need together to be to govern. We need together to have accountability. We need together to be built up in the faith. What do you mean together? I mean together, together, to come together. If you're a lone ranger out there and you've decided that you're going to do your own thing in your own way, on your own time, in your own attitude, my friend, I am telling you that you are not a part of the remnant you are not a part of the remnant you cannot make it by yourself you cannot set your own trajectory you cannot say your own destiny you cannot it must be God and God alone you hear what I am saying right now oh there must be a tenacious gathering together so that we can strengthen one another so that we can build one another up so that there can be accountability in the house of God with the people of God because the times are going to get rougher and tougher but the remnant will shine brighter and stronger with the glory of God I can't do this by myself you can't do this by yourself remnant get ready make the cup More than ever before, we're going to be tested 
on this tearing and cutting away. Because anytime there's a cutting and a tearing, a cutting, it means a covenant. And that covenant will be tested by Baal. What did I say Baal's name? One of the names of Baal was husband. And he wants you in covenant with him. Obviously, Baal is, is Satan. Come on, somebody. I mean, just a, another manifestation of Satan himself. He wants, and so there's, there, there, there's, there's no way that he wants you to cut a covenant like never before with your God that says, I am willing to do, to go, to be anything that you need me to do or be or go. Whatever your will is, God, that is what I want. I cut a covenant with my God. My heart is all God's nothing of my heart is left aside come on and the enemy knows how to send just the right thing to test that so I've got to move on but I'll say it again God is I saw God cutting and tearing cutting and tearing and pulling the remnant away from that popular larger piece can you pass the test? He was looking for those as he was cutting and tearing who truly feared him and did not have the fear of man. Come on. I could preach on that a while, but I'm not going to. They loved him above all else. He was looking for people who had, were consecrated to him. No idols in their life. They were set apart to him. They had a single focus. They were not double-minded. They were hot and with a burning passion, passion toward him and his person. They were in pursuit of his presence like we were tonight to manifest. He is looking for people who do not tolerate low standards that grieve his Holy Spirit. He is looking for those who are faithful, who are persevering, and who are enduring. And he said to me, tell them, Kim, make the cut. And God began to cut and God began to tear with his holy hands in the heavens. And he was ripping and he was saying, this is the day. Choose who and what you will serve because I will have a remnant who will make the cut. Matthew 22, many are called, God says, but few are chosen. Few are willing to pay the price to be chosen. Look at your neighbor and scream, make the cut. And while God is cutting and tearing, there will be those who are trying to settle back into the spot in the larger piece. Are you hearing what I'm saying? They're seeing how far away they can get from the ripping and the cutting and the tearing. Because as I said, it's covenant and it's too uncomfortable. And that ripping and that cutting and that tearing, ho, ho, it takes the spotlight off of them. That cutting and that tearing takes the spotlight off of them. It confronts their self-built kingdoms and their platforms and it forces them to deal with their self-focus and their comfortable Christianity. The cutting and the tearing forces them to decrease so that he can increase. While this sounds like it is logical and a no-brainer, there are many in the body of Christ today that are happy to be in the larger peace, acting like they are part of the remnant. God says, make the cut. Cutting has to do with flesh. It involves pain. Or can, can you take the cut? Come on. It involves separation, dividing the soul and the spirit. Help me, y'all. These who are trying to settle back into the larger piece, they're ignoring the readiness 
The readiness, the readiness, the right now readiness and their full attention is just this. Watch y'all. The right to be at the party. Help me y'all. See, this is the context of the scripture and the, of, the, of the story of the wise and the foolish versions. It was a wedding party. It was a wedding gathering and party. And, and five of them had enough oil to last for the entire party until the bridegroom came in. And five of them did not have enough substance. Five of them did not have enough oil, enough fire, enough touch of the tangible presence of God. And so they said, hey, we got to go get some more oil. But they said, it's too it's too late it's too late they said give me some of yours they said no we're out of here all they were concerned about in that moment was the right to be at the party they didn't care about getting ready for the bridegroom no thoughts about making the cut just want to be at the party I want to make the cut if I'm going to make the cut, I must be willing to be cut because anytime there's a cut, there's a covenant and co God is looking for covenant people that are willing to be cut for his purposes. Come on, somebody. People who don't care who gets the credit. People who will not negotiate the spiritual demands because it doesn't appeal to their flesh. If I like it, then I'll do it. If it doesn't feel good, then I'm not going to do it. That's not the remnant attitude, my friend. You are running out of oil and God has you in this place or watching tonight to tell you you must change your mindset you must change your focus. You're running out of oil. Make the cut. The remnant will raise the standard and they're willing to bleed and they're willing to have some pain to see the greater one, capital O, manifest. Come on, for the joy, Jesus, for the joy. They said for Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he endured. Are you with me in the room? I'm gonna get into this in a moment as the Holy Spirit leads, but there's gonna be some things that we have to walk through. How many already walked through some stuff in the three months, come on, of 2022? Help me, somebody. Oh, cry out, come on, come on, come on. We're going to have to face some stuff. We're going to have to deal with some stuff. We're going to have to walk through some stuff. But the key thing is, is we're walking through it. We're not staying in it. We're not bowing to it. We're not settling. We're not negotiating with it. We are walking through it. We are victorious. We are overcomers. I'll get there in a minute. Remnant people are overcoming people. They don't back away with a toe ache. They don't miss church just because, I, you know, I'm tired. Come on, remnant people. Don't back away when the enemy raises up. They stand up. And they begin to quote the word of the God, word of God, the sword of the spirit, and the devil has to back off. They resist the devil, and the devil must flee, and they submit themselves to God. This is a chosen remnant people. <laughs> Amen. And they have a spiritual pursuit, tenacious hunger, spiritual intensity, uncompromising devotion. These remnant-ready people are not afraid to be singled out. Are you with me? Because when you're cut away from that popular piece, you're going to be singled out. Help me, y'all. God says, I'm tearing, I'm cutting, I'm ripping. Who will be on the side of the remnant? I came to tell us tonight in this, mess, in this message and the rest of the 95 pages that I have to go. Come on, somebody. I came to tell us, don't back off. Don't back off. Don't back off. You've got to make the cut. This remnant-ready people will hold tenaciously to a love for Jesus Christ and for revival, which is his undeniable presence. And this end-time remnant chosen people will 
will partner with the Holy Spirit and his wisdom and have clarity to expose deception and error and also revealing the heart of God for a lost and a dying world. This remnant ready people will have postured themselves to hear the knock at the door of their hearts and they will consistently allow the Lord to deal with their motives and their ambitions and their intentions and any hidden areas of their heart. They will welcome the exposure of this kind because they do not want anything to stand in the way of their intimacy with Jesus Christ. I'll say it again. They will welcome, the remnant will welcome this this spotlight on their heart. Oh, because we don't want anything to stand in the way of our intimacy with God. I'm telling you, if you are in this room tonight and there is sin or there is compromise in, 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 in your life or around you and it doesn't grieve you, oh, something is wrong. If you look at a brother or a sister or a church or a denomination or a movement and something raw has gone wrong and sin has crept in, if something doesn't grieve you, then something is wrong. It should grieve us. Because we don't want anything to get in between our intimacy with Jesus. Amen? And I just need to, I just need to stop there for, for, for 10 seconds. Think about it. I don't want anything to get in between my intimacy with Jesus, my relationship with Jesus, my pursuit of his presence. Oh, Jesus. As we look around at our culture and our nation and all of these things that we're seeing, I don't watch the news anymore, but all these things that are coming up in our nation and you see this here and you hear this there and Disney this, come on somebody, and, and this, that, and the government this, and that, this, that, and the other, and so on and so forth. And, and, and on the inside of God's remnant people, there will be a righteous anger, but there will also be a catch, a check in our spirit that says, oh God, the door of my heart is open if there is anything, anything, anything that stands in the way of the intimacy with you. Please take it from me. Tell your neighbor, make the cut, make the cut. Oh, Jesus. Let me move on. Because there will be against this remnant ready Church, slander, and persecution. It will come from the world, but it will also come from those who call themselves the church, but their fruit reveals otherwise. Yes, yes, it's going to happen. And I don't say that. Uh, well, I, yeah, I do say that. I just said it. Like I said, it's how I'm in it. Glory to God. And that antagonism is going to grow as the measure of revival grows. We've seen it happen here. It's going to happen. For those of you pushing in revival in your life, in your church, uh, in your region, just understand this, antagonism is going to grow. Antagonism, the enemy will make sure that there will be constant antagonism. But if you are part of the remnant, you are going to have such a pushback in your spirit. Come on. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against, come on, principalities and powers of darkness that do not want to see the presence of God in lives and in regions. Come on. 
But there will be antagonism that grows as the measure of revival grows in lives and corporate gatherings. People get ready. Can you handle this? Because this persecution will serve to fuel a revival resolve and produce an even greater endurance in the remnant. And I know I've touched on this, but my God, I was reading this verse and it blessed me so much out of the passion. And I know it's going to bless you oh, because you raised your hand and you said you've been through some stuff already this year. He said, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulty, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure and then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection or maturity and capacity, those are my words, to every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. We need to shout for that verse tonight. Woo! I'm moving on. Can you take some more? Good, because I have 94 pages left. Come on. Through the spiritual keys of David that have been granted to us by Jesus, to this remnant, keys of prayer, keys of worship, preaching the word. There are going to be doors of favor and authority that will be open to this ready remnant because they will be pressing against the gates of hell and they will be entering into realms of glory and it will expose truth and untruth and righteousness and unrighteousness and good and evil. And this remnant that has made itself ready will operate in an authority that invades spiritual atmospheres with purity. Hear me now. Purity. Purity. And that which is impure cannot stand. It will invade atmospheres with innocence that brings glory. This revival remnant of the last days will not have an alternate agenda. I'm all about a bokoshi. I know where I'm going, so I can't say too much. But this remnant will not have an alternate agenda. It will have one agenda, the agenda of the Lamb. It will be a humble people. It will be a broken people. It will be a submitted people. It will be a people that are under authority. It will be a people of worship. It will be a people of praise. It will be a people of prayer. It will be a people of proclamation. It will be a people of power. Why? Because God will touch his remnant with his realm. You count on it. <sighs> this remnant will have an invading quality of purity and it cannot be ignored because this remnant has the spiritual keys given in intimacy with the Lord cultivated in that communion with Jesus and this remnant will persistently penetrate and permeate until it occupies territories do I have any remnant ready people in the room those territories that the enemy has held captive with deception and distraction in order to establish the kingdom of God in the earth this remnant will not relent let me say what I say many times when I travel now and it's not original with me but I have never forgotten this is that everybody says my region is the hardest my city is the hardest this part of the United States is the most difficult let me tell you there may be different things and manifestations of religion or the demonic but it is everywhere all over this nation and the nations of the earth but no demonic manifestation or principality is more powerful than the righteous remnant that is filled with the With the presence of Almighty God, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. You hear me now? You walk up into Washington State.
you walk up into Colorado like you own that place because you do. Shout in this place. Come on, shout. You count on it now. Because this remnant is not going to be received by all. You mark it down. They ain't going to ignore us. You can't ignore us. You're going to want me to go away. You're going to want me to go away. You're going to want me to go away. But I ain't going nowhere. Revival may be refused, but it cannot be ignored, my friend. When revival breaks out, it takes over a life. It takes over a family. It takes over a marriage. It takes over a church. It takes over a town. It takes over a city. It takes over a nation. It takes over the nations of the earth. When revival comes, everything and everybody, whether they like it or not, has to bow to the presence of Almighty God. It may not be received, but you cannot ignore the remnant who has made herself ready. There will not be compromise. We will not bow. We're going to plow and plunder and establish the kingdom of God. Undeniable anointing. We're going to expose hell. Already exposing hell. We're going to do it more. Man, going to do it more. And you know why? For the sake of the harvest. For the sake of the harvest. You see, the righteous remnant that have made itself ready has to break open atmospheres, has to break open uh, a, a falsehood, has to break open falsity so that the harvest can see and hear and know the truth. We don't want them to see and hear and know religion. Come on. We don't want them to hear and see and know compromise. We want them to know the truth. This righteous remnant ready people who have made the cut will have a revelatory capacity. Yes, yes, yes. Philippians 2.5 says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. The remnant ready people will have a revelatory capacity because of the times to discern and to understand and to execute God's purposes accurately. This is why Paul prayed that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened that you may know, come on, that you may know, are you with me? That you may know what is the hope of his calling, what the riches of the glory of his inheritance of the saint. That the eyes of the remnant ready people in the earth will be enlightened that we may know. Now we will not be enlightened to know so that we can be a know-it-all. Come on somebody. Nothing worse than a know-it-all. I'll leave that there. If you're a know-it-all, you're religious and you're manipulative and you have a bad attitude. 
But when we know, when we know, when we know of him, when we know him, there is a capacity there and there is a partnership with the Holy Spirit to establish the kingdom of God. I hope I'm making sense to you tonight. I'm trying to help you make the cut. I'm trying to help us make the cut because there's a lot of preaching and a lot of teaching and a lot of things that are going forth that are causing people to think that they have made the cut, but really they're in the larger piece up there on the top of the screen. Are you with me right now and God is saying that's not it that's not it that's not it that's not it this remnant ready people are going to know they're going to know because their spiritual eyes have been enlightened because they have done what we were singing and saying tonight they have ascended through the open door of heaven to pull come on on the presence the manifested presence of God you know it was frustrating and it was heartbreaking to Jesus that people did not recognize him the Bible tells us that he was despised and he was rejected the entire time that he was on earth specifically the three years of ministry that he walked with uh, 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 and did ministry he was rejected and he was despised now he he healed a bunch of people he had he had followers uh, many of them turned on him come on at the very end but 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 Jesus was grieved and, and, and heartbroken because people did not recognize him and finally one day in the gospel of Matthew excuse me chapter 16 he asked the disciples the question who do you say that I am? Hang on, somebody. And 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 so the, who do you say? Others say that I am as Elijah, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he said, Who do you say that I am? I'm saying that the remnant is going to have a revelatory capacity. How? And this is how you should be able to tell the difference between the remnant and the religious. And Peter spoke up and he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood or outward observation has not revealed this to you. But my father, inward revelation has revealed this to you who is in heaven. And Jesus said, upon that rock of inward revelation I'm going to build my church my ecclesia a remnant ready people with the ability to hear and obey the father and do only as the father says to do and the reason why is because it's not just an outward observation many people turned away from Jesus because they did not have an inward revelation this is why you as people of God you should demand now I'm going to be careful how I say this and I don't mean get out of order I don't mean get out of alignment I don't mean be disrespectful usurp authority that's not what I'm saying but in the spirit you should pray for your pastors and your leaders you need to pray for us that there be a constant unveiling and unfolding of the revelation of Jesus Christ and the person of Jesus Christ. 
My God, it's shocking. I don't really, I don't really watch a lot of anything uh, out there. And I've said that many times. I'll let that go as it is. It's not because I dislike people, but understand this. There's a lot of not just shallow stuff that is coming from the pulpits. It's not just shallow stuff, but some of it is not even Bible. Come on, somebody. Some of it is not even Bible. Some of it is not even, 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 even spiritual. It's just natural stuff to make you happy so that you'll pay your tithes and come back again next week for that quick 45 minutes that I got you in and out so you could go watch that basketball tournament. Ah, I got it in. There you go. That, my friends, will not cultivate a remnant in the earth. Oh, because if that's all you're being fed, then at any moment when Baal shows up, Baal will offer just the right thing. Oh, but nobody told you that is unholy. And nobody told you that it's not righteous. And nobody told you that you needed to draw closer to Jesus. All they told you was just be good and nice and do this and do that. And you're on your way. My friend, you better wake up and make the cut. Make the cut. Make the cut. Upon this rock of inward revelation, I will build my ecclesia. Are you getting the picture? A remnant ready, operating in the spiritual, not natural only. Those of religion are content to stay on an earthly plane with an earthly mindset. But the remnant ready will let the same mind that is in Christ possess them. The same mind that is in Christ possess them. All right, here, I'm going to do this. Are y'all ready? We're about like at 90 pages now. Make the cut, the Lord said, in the exhortation. Tell them, remnant, get ready. You've got to make the cut. There's going to be a tearing, a cutting. It's not going to look like what you think it's going to look like. The devil's going to ramp up his game, the Antichrist spirit. God needs some people who's not going to bow to Baal. God needs some people that's not going to kiss Baal. God needs some people that's not going to be wimpy and fold when the pressure gets great. God needs some people that have fear him more than they fear man, that love him more than they love man. You know, Jesus said when he comes, he's separating families. Come on, somebody. I know that doesn't go over well in the modern church, but that's in the Bible. That's in the Bible. That's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. And what Jesus meant there was he doesn't want to intentionally tear your family apart, but Jesus was saying, if you put this one or that one in front of me, I believe that Revelation chapter 2 and Revelation chapter 3 shows us what the end time remnant will look like. There are seven churches and Jesus addresses these seven churches. I deduct from his exhortations to these churches that we can see his heart as what the remnant should look like. So I'm going to break it down for you. Are you ready? Y'all are like, my God, there's seven churches. My God, my God. I'm lumping them to, some of them together, all right? <laughs> See, you're laughing because you said that. I've been there, I know. Oh my God, there's 10 points. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> 
The contrast of the remnant versus religion. I've already said a lot about the remnant, but it is revival. Religion is just a form. The remnant will have the tangible manifested presence of God that is transforming lives and culture. They will be alive, awakened, aware, aligned. They will be awestruck by Jesus Christ. They will be all in. They will have an ardent zeal and they will walk in an undeniable authority. The identification and factors, excuse me, identifying factors of the religious are clear in Revelation 2 and 3. And Jesus is clear about what he doesn't want to see in his remnant. And so we're going to talk about that. The church of Ephesus, they had a cold love. And he said, you need to return to your first love. I have this against you that you have abandoned the love that you had at first. Come on, somebody. The church of Laodicea was a lukewarm church. He admonished them. These are my words, but they needed to be burning ones. They need to be boiling hot with passion for him. He said in Revelation 2.14, he said, I know your works. You're neither cold nor hot. Would that you were either cold or hot. Because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will spit you out of my mouth. The church of Sardis, he said, you are dead. And he told them, in essence, you need to become truly alive in the spirit. He said, I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but really, you're dead. Come on, somebody. These three churches are the manifestation of religion. Cold love, lukewarm hearts, dead, dry, and lifeless atmospheres. But yet they're acting like they're alive. My God. Read a quote, says this, spiritual dullness, which is religion, often results from my treating God like a pigeon in the park to whom I leisurely throw crumbs of my leftover devotion after a long day of caring about a lot of other things. I have even dressed up my desertion in my religious robes. I might refuse discipline by calling it legalism, Mm, refuse God's presence, calling it freedom, refuse to commune with him, calling it salvation by grace. Christ's blood becomes that which was shed so that I might safely ignore him. Even though I love Jesus, my love threatens to grow cold when the familiar becomes taken for granted and neglected. That, my friends, is religion. Make the cut. I believe Jesus is showing us all of these churches, they had some, most of them had some good things and some negative things. Only two did not receive a rebuke, and I'll do those at the end. But you hear what I'm saying? I believe with all of my heart, as I was thinking about, God said, make this a message, this remnant ready, make it a message. I, I said, it's got to be the churches in the book of Revelation because he has told us what he did not want to see in his church. And religion and spiritual dullness is one of those things, a cold heart, a, luke, a cold love, a lukewarm heart, dead, dry, lifeless atmospheres, but you're acting like you're alive. My God, somebody help me right now. Can I admonish us in this room right now and everyone that is or will be watching that if we return to our first love, you can brought, count on this, that if you return to a first love, there will be a boiling hot passion for Jesus Christ and his presence, and there will be a passion that creates a posture that draws the life of the spirit and you will not walk around like a dead person come on somebody oh you will be alive in the spirit and while this 
this is obvious to most. It is not ardently fought for by the religious. It is quite possible, my friends, to abandon your first love for Christ privately while campaigning about that love publicly. This is no small matter to love and to burn and to be alive in the spirit are the foundational elements of remnant and revival. Without these, we fall short of anything else. All else will be vain and empty and hollow and shallow. Oh, look what we've done in the body of Christ today. Whether it be in the preaching in the pulpit or whether it be in the worship on the stage or even what we do in the ministries in our churches is we have created hype and entertainment and excitement and we're calling it revival and we're calling it alive in the spirit but that is not so my friend if you do not have the manifestation of the presence of God all you are is a show at like an amusement park God says it's time to make the cut The remnant ready will have such a tangible love for God. It can be felt and recognized. People may not know what to call it, but it is an evidence that their hearts are ablaze with a passion and a zeal to love Jesus and to know him. And this posture, my friends, is going to be crazy, annoying to the religious. Help me, somebody. It's going to be crazy, annoying to the religious. It's going to draw criticism. It's going to draw antagonism. It's going to draw ostracism. Is that a word? If it's not, there you go. You know what I'm saying? It's going to draw all of these. You say, wow, wow, wow. I I don't know. Am I going to make the cut you see this is why many are not making the cut because they don't want to be ostracized they don't want to be criticized they don't want any antagonism if you're doing anything 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 a spiritual substance you're going to have this pushing against you but if you are remnant ready you will not care because you said I have determined I will make the cut and I will forge forward with clean hands and a pure heart come on The church at Pergamum was the compromising church. They needed purity. They needed a Nazarite heart. Are you with me? Revelation chapter 2, verse 14. I have a few things against you. You have some there who hold the teaching of Balaam. My God, I'm going to preach right now. Let me check what time it is. Uh Uh-oh. Who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel so that they might eat food sacrificed to idols and practice sexual immorality? Isn't it crazy how that just keeps working its way into everything? Sexual immorality. Balaam unsuccessfully prophesied against God's people. He advised the enemy to pursue a campaign of seduction against Israel, tried to sell his prophetic gift. He failed in many areas. God talked to him through a donkey. Come on, somebody. God raised up donkeys. Raise up some donkeys. Donkeys is how you say it in the South, right? Donkeys. A few syllables there. 
He then used, because God would not allow him to curse what had blessed, he had blessed. Ha. He then used because he wanted to get paid. Oh, I'm going there. He used sexual seduction into pagan rituals and brought God's judgment on the people who participated in those pagan rituals. The teaching of Balaam that is referred to in Revelation is the choice to promote falsehood for financial gain. It is turning Christian liberty into a freedom to be promiscuous. Promiscuous is characterized by or involving indiscriminate mingling or association. Promiscuous is a severe lack in judgment, careless with mixture and cohabitation. It promotes covenant breaking. <clears throat> Promiscuous is craftily looking for ways to get around God's boundaries. You see, that's what Balaam was doing. That's what Balaam did. Nothing worked Balaam asked him to do. God wouldn't allow it to happen. He had donkey, had to talk to him. So Balaam said, let's try this. And he went around God's boundaries. He went around God's ways so he could get paid. Correct? This is what the Holy Spirit said to me. In within. Into the mushroom. So, the enemy has placed a free spirit. A modern day problem in the modern day church. You want the Holy Spirit, but you want to keep your free spirit. I'm trying to help us make the cut. You know enough to want the Holy Spirit, but you want to keep your free spirit. I'm not going to go into how. I shared with our staff, the Lord undeniably showed me this. Actually, it was, actually it was I believe, last revival weekend. Undeniably, uh, door weekend, showed me this, what I'm telling you right now. And I believe that it fits under this compromising church because as long as I can look the part, but I can still do what I want to do when I want to do it, you, my friend, are entertaining the teaching of Balaam because that's precisely what he did. God warned him, warned him, sent a donkey to talk to him, had a ginormous angel with a sword, opened his eyes so he could still see the angel, and he still went around God's boundaries because a free spirit was pulling him into his own way. Proverbs 25, 28 says, if you don't have rule over your spirit, it's like a broken down city, a, a city with broken down walls. You're so open-minded that the enemy can enter and pillage your heart. That's the word of God. The doctrine of Balaam is an attitude that you can serve God, do whatever you want. It teaches compromise, forgetting that we are called to be separate and holy. It makes believers indistinguishable from the world and teaches that a little sin doesn't hurt, especially if you're going to get personal benefit or financial gain out of it. 
It teaches that it's okay to compromise convictions for popularity, money, sexual gratification, or personal gain. Lest you think that none of this is in the church and in the body of Christ, you are fooled, my friend. It is. It is. I am not disrespecting people, but I am calling out a sin right now. Jesus says, this will not be in my last day remnant church. I will have a sold out, separated, consecrated bride and remnant that will not sell themselves for the sake of personal benefit or personal gain. Oh, somebody better know. You gotta have eyes open. You gotta have ears open. You gotta have heart open. You better watch what you watch and listen to what you listen to and have discernment in the spirit for the enemy is cunning. He's cunning. He's cunning. He will dangle that money over you. He will dangle that temptation over you. He will dangle that sexual whatever over you and he will convince you that it's right and that you're on your way to heaven. But God says you cannot have the teaching of Balaam and be in my church. Now, even after I said all that, I just preached a message here a few weeks ago called the left-handed bride. And I went deep in the thing of the mixture of Moab. Come on, somebody. So here's what I'm going to say. In the context of the contrast of the remnant versus the religious that we're seeing here in these seven churches, this area, this area is going to be very deceptive. Because Balaam, the spirit of Balaam, if you will, appeals to a lust of our flesh, the lust of our eyes, and the pride of life. First John 2.16, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the eyes, the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. The lust of the flesh is anything of convenience to your flesh. Your flesh is your human nature that's dominated by sin. Your flesh is, is, is what is dominated by your senses. If it feels good, I do it. If it looks good, I get it. If it's pleasing, I listen to it, embrace it. That's Balaam. The lust of the eyes is inordinate captivation of external materialism. So I don't think God minds if we have nice things, but do the nice things have you? Now that's that's been said many times over. But it's the truth, y'all. Come on. I mean, do you have to have a certain this and a certain that? Nice things are fine, but do they have you? Do you have them or do they have you? Big difference there. Lust of the eyes. Pride of life is self-sufficiency. Pride for applause. All right. All of these, I will add, are connected to the spirit of mammon. The spirit of mammon is the demonic influence that can be associated with money. Come on, somebody. Balaam had all of these. And Jesus very clearly said in Revelation that he had this against that church. They were embracing all three things that were not of the Father, they were of the world. You see, Balaam's goal was to get to the money. Are you with me? My God, my God got a little bit quieter. Jesus went one day into the temple in the Gospels and he got pretty angry and he upset some tables and he overturned some money changer tables in the temple.
Can you imagine this scene? Here they were, literally convinced themselves, which is what religion does, that they were helping the people out and providing a service to the people of God. And Jesus steps in with a righteous, holy anger, and he calls them at their deception. And he said, you have made this a den of thieves. This is after he takes their tables and he turns them over. Can you see Jesus? Come on. This is not the Jesus that you hear preached a lot today. But can you see Jesus walking up in the church, in the very foyer of the church, the out part of the church, and he's turning over everything, every table, and stuff is flying everywhere, and he's announcing it louder. You are cheating the people for gain, for money, for your own self, and you have made my father's house a den of thieves, and something called zeal for the house of God rose up on the inside of Jesus and he said my father's house shall be called a house of prayer come on if there is more culture in your Christianity than Christ then you are not remnant Randy I feel that in this season, more than ever before, that motives are going to be scrutinized. We must check our hearts. We must check our postures. We must check our reason behind our reason. Because if your motive is off, then your fruit is useless. Get your phone out, take a picture of that, and send it to somebody. Come on. If your motive is off, then your fruit is useless. Listen, we're able to accomplish a lot with charisma and talent, but this doesn't mean that it is endorsed by the anointing and the spiritual authority of God. God will only back that which is of his origin and his assignment. I'll say it again. God will only back that which is of his origin and his assignment. I'll say it again. God will only back that which is of his origin and of his assignment. I'll say it again. God will only back that which is of his origin and his assignment. Anything that you do for convenience, for materialism, for money, for applause, for money, for applause, for money, for applause is going to be exposed. It may take some time, but God will not be mocked. The tables are getting ready to be up said again in the temple. Y'all still want me to come to Washington? Okay. They wouldn't be here if they didn't. The tables are getting ready to be upset again in the temple. See, because a key characteristic, what time is it, of the remnant ready, I have one that said it doesn't matter. The rest of your stomach is growling and you're, you know. The remnant ready will not strive. When you strive for something, 
you make great efforts to achieve something. See, the remnant will have the somethings come to them. Does that make sense? Good, because I'm just saying it right here. This is this. The remnant will not strive. So many striving out there. Striving to achieve something. Struggling and fighting vigorously to make it. And most of the time, 99.9% of the time, is for money. The tables are getting ready to be upset. Flesh strives to build something to itself. But the spirit thrives to bring glory to Jesus. The motive of Balaam has gripped the church for too long. It's time to get remnant ready. Because the remnant will be a womb of revival. And the atmosphere of that womb is crucial to the overall health of what is produced. Be careful what you give yourself to. Because you will miss the cut if you're giving yourself away. Remember the word promiscuous? Christian liberty turned into a freedom to be promiscuous. Be careful what you give yourself away to. There are those who started out as a womb, but the compromise made them abort the very thing that they were called to be. They didn't make the cut. All right, I will. There are those who started out as a womb, but compromise made them abort the very thing that they're called to be. They didn't make the cut. But the remnant ready will carry, consciously know that they carry and hold the precious presence of God within. And only a holy atmosphere can truly hold that treasure. Make the cut. Thyatara was a corrupt church. My God, my God. They needed the spirit and the power of Elijah. I have this against you that you tolerate the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, teaching and seducing my servants, look at this, y'all, to practice sexual immorality. And to eat food, sacrifice to idols. Now, I preached on this before. Others here have preached on this, done studies on this. We'll do it again. You hear me now. The bottom line with Jezebel is seduction. Seduction, luring away from devotion and covenant with God. It's actually the bottom line of the enemy. Now listen to me. It's interesting. I am, I am landing the plane now, glory to God. It is interesting to me that one of the names for Baal, the God that Jezebel served, was husband. But her name, Jezebel, means unhusbanded. She had given her soul to this God, to Satan. And now Satan was using her, this is Old Testament, to seduce in every possible way and lure the heart of a king and a nation away from the one true God. And it worked. Are you with me? And Jesus gives a great warning to the Thyatira church. He says, you are tolerating this seduction. You are tolerating this seduction. Can I just say, because I could go deep into that, but we'll leave it at that for now. The remnant church will have 
no toleration for the spirit and the principality of Jezebel. No toleration for its seduction, for its manipulation, for its control. Come on, somebody. The remnant church will have a bold voice against this infringement on covenant with Jehovah God. Can I just say that the world has gotten bolder while the church has gotten bashful. If you're not bold, you're not remnant. Come on. If you're not bold, you're not remnant. Jesus said you have been tolerating this and what you tolerate will dominate. And if that thing is dominating, it means that it is bolder than you are. But the righteous remnant ready people are as bold as lions like Elijah who called down the fire of God to defeat the prophets of Baal and that same spirit resided in John the Baptist and even in Jesus himself and all of them had zero tolerance for the seduction of this ancient spirit whether it was Jezebel with Elijah or Herodias with John the Baptist or the Pharisees with Jesus they had zero tolerance and I say to the church in America if we do not take this same posture I believe that we open ourselves up to every other dysfunction in the other five churches have ears to hear what the spirit is saying we got to counter the compromise uh, of Thyatira because this spirit will challenge it has a hatred of evil I'm winding this up can I say what good is a lion if it doesn't roar the righteous are as bold as lion, and I'm like, it's a pretty tame lion right there. Come on. What good is a lion if it doesn't roar? The roar of a lion is primarily, not only, but primarily to warn intru about intruders. That roar is a protection of the pride of the other lions. The enemy of revival will intrude to kill, steal, and to destroy. My God, my God, my God. But we have a quiet church. Come on. We have a bashful church. We have a nice, tidy, neat, well-behaved, uh, 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 introspective, um, 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 can't think of the other word I want to say, kind of church in the earth today. Come on, somebody. Hear me now. But there is a remnant that has found their roar. They have found their roar. They have found their roar. Because they know that the roar is the only thing that is going to push back on the intrusion. I asked the church in America, where is your roar? Not just for the sake of being loud, but for the sake of standing up in a posture of spiritual authority like Elijah did and say, if you're going to serve Baal, serve Baal. But if you're going to serve God, you better get over here because fire is getting ready to come down from heaven. Where is the roar in the American church? I say, where's your roar? You've got your nice, nice, tidy, neat service. You've got everything all packaged in a box with a bow. And God says that spirit of Jezebel is going to eat you alive. You better find your authority and roar against that thing 
says stop tolerating it. Stop tolerating sexual immorality. Stop tolerating lack of a th- submission to authority. Stop tolerating all of the nonsense that is here and there. Put it under your feet and roar like Elijah. Where's the roar? I tell you, it's been castrated by Jezebel. And this is why we sing around here, rise up, Elijah. You better roar. Because, listen, my friends, because I know this grates people wrong. I know it does. That may not be the right way to say it, but y'all know what I'm trying to say. I'm getting a little tired now, so I am going to land this plane. Come on. If we never make a distinction, then compromise continues. Pastor, stop trying to dance around everything. Stop trying to dance around everything. If you never draw the line of distinction, then people are going to draw it for themselves. You need to find your remnant roar and be remnant ready. And this characteristic of this roar of the remnant will be, I believe, the greatest challenge for many. This is why I'm trying to get us ready to make the cut, y'all. Because, because if there's one thing that irritates religion, it's being loud. And that's why it's going to be so hard for people. Because it's, it's, it, it, and I'm, I'm trying to help us make the cut. Now let me say something. I'm going to move on to the last two churches. The two churches that did not receive a rebuke. And we're going to make an altar tonight before we leave this place. We've already had one altar call. We're going to make an altar. And I'm just going to tell you what it is. Because this is a bottom line. We're going to make an altar tonight. And we love to roar. And we'll roar some more maybe. And I'm telling you, this altar call is going to be about a a decisive moment where I am going to cultivate such a great intimacy with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because if you do not have that, your roar is empty, my friend. It is empty. And it has no authority. So our altar is going to be about that in a moment. We'll see how the Holy Spirit works it out. But you hear what I'm about to say. You say, well, yeah, 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 but, but, but Jezebel retaliated. Ah, see that, that, that was a bad move. That is a really bad move, Jezebel. And you know what? It was so demonic that it sent the prophet of God, hear me now, running and fleeing. The one who had just called down fire, wiped out the prophets of Baal. It sent him running and fleeing. It was so demonic. This Jezebel thing is so demonic. It will confront you. It will, make, it will belittle you. It will make you feel uh, intimidated. It will make you question everything about you. You say you act like you talk from experience. I talk from experience. 
It'll make you doubt everything. It'll make you doubt your call. It'll make you doubt your, your anointing. It'll make you doubt everything. That's how demonic it is. It's oppressive. It's controlling. It's belittling. Most of the time packaged in super hyper spiritual people. Come on, somebody. Just saying. Just saying. And what this spirit did, woman in the Old Testament, is she sent her messengers. Ah, bad move. Because what had been cautiously concealed was now revealed. You see, these messengers represent the chatter that I was talking about last night. Come on. Because Satan only has so many cards that he can play. He is not a creator. And once the messengers are revealed, you better look out, somebody. Because what Jezebel has done is she has just opened up. Come on. She has. It has just opened up the paper trail to get and cut her head. Come on, somebody. And Elijah cried, I alone am le le left. I'm here by myself. So not only were the messengers revealed, but then after that, Angelic assistance came, am I right? At a low time, the angels came. God was fighting for this prophet. Then God speaks and says, I need you to anoint Haziel, or however you say his name, Jehu and Elisha. Bad move, Jezebel, because now there is an anointing of multiplication. See, you thought, and I thought, that at the lowest time, when the spirit had hit you and knocked you down and defeated you and tormented you, you thought it was all over. But God says, no. It played its last card. So now there wasn't just one, there were three, and one, Elisha, did double the miracles that Elijah did. Haziel was anointed as king, and Jehu was the one who took out Jezebel. And many people look at it and they're like, I don't want Jezebel coming after me. I don't want Jezebel coming. I say in the name of Jesus, recognize the anointing and the authority of your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and get that thing under your feet. You are seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above principality, power, might, and dominion in every name that is named. And Jezebel is one of those names. Woo! 
Stand up on your feet because it makes you feel better. Worship team, come. That makes them feel even more better. But I need to close by talking about the church of Philadelphia and the church of Smyrna. Are you with me? Get ready to run to the altar. I'll do this quick. <clears throat> the church of Philadelphia. Oh, listen, please. I hope that you are strengthened tonight. I hope that you are encouraged. I hope that the Lord, not only for you, but for me as well, has rested upon us with the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we can have great discernment in these end times to make the cut, to be remnant ready. The church of Philadelphia, Jesus addresses himself. I won't read the whole scripture, but he says, the holy true one who has David's key, who opens doors that no one can shut him, who closes doors that none can open. And he said to this Philadelphia church, they had faithfulness. And he said, he said, I know all you've done. And he said this, look, he said, I set before you a wide open door. He said, I set before you a wide open door that none can shut. I know you possess only a little power, but you have kept my word and you have not denied my name. They were faithful. Isn't it interesting to note that the Philadelphia church, the remnant church had an open door, but the Laodicean church had a closed door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. The Laodicean church. The door was closed. Come on, come on. Come on. This is why in worship, this is why in pursuit of spiritual things, we must understand if we're going to make the cut, we have to pay the price every single day to do as they were telling us tonight. Ascend, ascend. Because the next chapter is what they were quoting and saying tonight in Revelation 4.1, I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven and I heard a voice like a trumpet saying, come up here and I will show you things which must take place after this. The remnant is going to know how to ascend and enter into a place of the realm of the Spirit, of God's unhindered presence. Stay with me. Don't miss what I'm saying. And that presence becomes active in the earth. Come on, remnant. I don't want you to miss what I just said. I know talking about Jezebel and roaring and Balaam and donkeys and all this is exciting, but listen to what I'm saying. Because this church of Philadelphia, they knew how to ascend. They had an open door. What the remnant will be able to do is ascend into the realms of the glo of glory of God. And that presence becomes active in our lives and in our midst. This, my friends, is revival. This remnant will know how to use the key of David that unlocks heaven, that makes it move easily in, in them move easily into the realm of the spirit and then allows heaven to move to earth. That was the whole concept of doorkeepers is that we stand at the door of heaven holding it open so that we can ascend into heaven and heaven can ascend into the earth. This, my friend, is revival and this is why it is crucial to have a remnant one more and then we're going to run to the altar the Smyrna church this won't be a shouting but this will equip us 
They were persecuted. But they persevered. Jesus said, I know your tribulation and poverty, but you are rich. And the slander of those that say they are Jews, but they are synagogue of Satan. In other words, basically what that means is they were acting like Jews, but they didn't have this, the, the substance of the lineage of the Jews. Basically, there's going to be apostate church and apostolic church. This is what Jesus is addressing here. And he says, do not fear what you are about to suffer. The devil's going to throw some of you into prison. You may be tested. For 10 days, you will have tribulation. And this is what the Lord said. Be faithful. Be faithful unto death. And I will give you the crown of life. These two churches are significant because they did not receive a rebuke. Jesus said, he said, be faithful and hold fast to what you have. Remnant ready people know how to rightly respond to conflict. Hear me, people of God. You know how to rightly respond to conflict. This persecution that will come against us, whatever your end time theology is, hear me now. If you are a revivalist and you are in revival, there will be persecution come against you. Whatever form or shape that that takes on, it is clear in the Word of God and clear from the words of Jesus that we are to be overcomers. And when we are overcomers, we shall receive the victor's crown of life. Are you with me? Are you with me? These churches stood faithful against crazy opposition. I say this to you as revivalists, specifically talking to the Fresh Start Church revivalists, that we have been in this for seven years now. Everyone else, uh, take this for yourself. But for us here, you hear me. There has been hits. We have given hits and we have taken hits. Are you with me? And there will be more, both ways. But we have to learn ongoing, closer to the return of Jesus Christ, how to rightly respond to conflict. We cannot be wimpy. We cannot be offended. Come on, somebody. We cannot be wimpy. We cannot be offendable. We must remain unoffendable. I just want to say that loud. We must remain unoffendable. One of the primary things that is going to get, keep you from making the cut is that you're going to be hurt. Quote, hurt, hurt. You hear what I'm saying? There's this saying called church hurts. And I know some of it is legitimate, but a lot of it is just an excuse so that you can stay out of church. Hear me now. Whether it is legitimate or not legitimate, Jesus wants to heal your heart of every hurt, whether it be a church hurt or any kind of hurt. And this is why. Because he says you have got to learn how to rightly respond to conflict in these last days. If you do not, you will settle in the larger piece of that, of that cloth. And I will have cut away the remnant and you will have missed the cut because you are nursing your wounds in the larger piece. It's time to be healed so we can make the cut. Jesus gives, if you're ready to come to the altar, every church a chance to repent. He gives every church a chance to leave religion and turn to revival, his original intention. In Revelation 3.13, he said, so the one whose heart is open 
let him listen carefully to what the Spirit is now saying to all the churches. And I add these words. Make the cut. Make the cut. Remnant, get ready. Jesus is coming. Before he comes, he will have a righteous, bold, tenacious, fiery, passionate, in love with him remnant who will literally change nations before he returns. Thank you for listening in to the Fresh Start Church podcast, where we exist to influence a nation with revival. You can order Pastor Kim's book, Doorkeepers of Revival, at doorkeepersofrevival.com. And you can listen to Fresh Start Revival Worship on Apple Music, Spotify, or wherever you stream your music. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time.